Wow. That was informative. I, uh, I learned some things about how people do stuff differently than I do. And uh, I just, I love it. Spiritual disciplines and what's kept you grounded in your faith with Jesus. Um, very, very cool. And hopefully you learned something. Maybe you can practice something that somebody else has suggested, uh, which, is, which is really cool. Our sermon series right now is called Looking Forward. Because as a church, we just entered into our fifth year. So we just celebrated four years. We're, we're into year five. And they say that, you know, whatever the church, whatever problems the church has, you know, in year seven and on, those are the leadership pastoral problems. You can start to blame the pastor. But before then, you know, whatever. So we're looking forward to where we're going and what God is calling us to do. And I'm just so thrilled to be talking about our vision today. So our vision is we are community that's united to show God with us making everything right. I just, I, I personally love this statement. I actually didn't craft this statement. This was crafted um, with, with uh, a couple board members and, and people as we were talking. And, and it's like, okay, so here is, here's what we're actually trying to put into, like, here's our uh, elevator pitch. We're, we're a community that's united to show God with us, making everything right. Let me pray. God, I thank you so much that we've covered this entire service in prayer, because this service isn't just a conversation with each other. It's a conversation with you, where you are speaking with us, guiding us, shaping us, molding us into the very persons that you want us to be. And Jesus, I pray that you would, um, that you would reveal yourself to us as, as we work as an organization with a vision. Jesus, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So last week we talked about being united together around God with us making everything right. And this week we talk about how our vision promised church showing that to the world. So, so we unite and now we show so today, we're going to use Slack slightly differently, but we are going to use Slack. I'm not going to ask a question that is, you know, that you guys have to come up with content. Today, we're talking about finances and how our organization operates and uses finances and, and why that should be uh, something that you give to. Um, so today, we are going to, uh, today we're just going to be asking, do you have any questions and any questions are allowed on the topic, um, anything that you need to know, this is a time that we're going to have a conversation about this. So Slack's where we're going to do it. Um, and if there are questions that I don't get to, I will be answering the questions after service in text form on Slack. Um, but we'll, we'll just, my, I'm going to keep on revisiting. Do you have questions? And then checking to see if questions are there. Um, so that's, that's the way we're going to do that today. From the beginning of our church, there's been a deep conviction in my heart that our budget sheet shows our values. Our budget sheet actually is an indicator of what we actually value. And I actually believe that that's true in personal finances as well as in corporate finances. You invest in what you care about. It, it, it shows your priorities. It's, um, it's something that, that allows you to really evaluate. Wait, 
What do I spend my money on? What does Promise Church spend its money on? And is that reflective of who we say we actually are? And so today, we're going to go through all of that. Um, And a question just came in, how do we do more grants? Listen to this service. So excited about that. So we build our mission and our vision on the belief, last week we talked about it, on the belief that Jesus is Lord. That means Jesus has the authority and the ownership of everything that we touch and do. He's got authority over it and he has ownership over all of it. And so we believe that Jesus is Lord. And because of that, we unite together as a people and we show God making everything right. Um, I was going to use a different verse, and I'm going to get to that in a second, but a verse that, that just came into my mind is, is in the Beatitudes, which we're, we're going, or just after the Beatitudes, it's in the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus says, you are a light on a hill. That means it's, it's a showing. You are on display so that people can see the hope in the world. Our actions and what we do is on display. And so as an organization, that's what we do. So Matthew 6, 20 to 21 says, Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. A person invests in what they care about. A person doesn't truly care about the welfare of something until they put their time into it and until they put their finances into it. It's obvious. And, and it's why we offer opportunities at Promise Church every Sunday, but it isn't true for you personally. It's also true for us as a corporate body. So if, if we become a corporate body, which we are, we're united to show, which means we're going to invest in what we care about. So if Jesus is Lord, which is our foundational three-word starting point, Jesus is Lord, then Jesus has the authority to demand what we do with our finances. <laughs> okay? It's true. It's hard. But you know, as an organization, Promise Church actually believes that, that Jesus is Lord, and he has the authority to demand what Promise Church does with its finances. So we've searched scripture because the revelation of God is found most reliably in Jesus, and that's found in scripture. So we searched scripture, and we discovered a few directions that scripture show us how to spend our money that God has been given us. That God has given us, how do we spend our money to show what we value and care about? It's, it's given, you know, people, people give because they just want to be good people. It's given because people give as an act of worship. It's given because, because for many different reasons. But then as an organization, it, it's our responsibility to, to then say, okay, Jesus, what are the principles that we have to follow? So we find that the same principles given to us as a church may also be the same principles that apply in our personal life. In fact, I would suggest they do. There's not one place in the Bible that God or any other figure recognizes just any old gift. 
as the right gift. There's no place in the Bible that's just like, well, you know, you get to give whatever you want and blah, blah, blah. You determine what you do, and it's all about you, and you're at the center of it. And we actually know that because um, we, we think of, of Cain and Abel right at the beginning. The story of Cain and Abel, Cain brings a gift, and Abel brings a gift. Cain's gift wasn't good enough. Hebrews 11.4 says, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commended him by accepting his gifts. I think of another crazy sermon that nobody preaches about, although I think I've mentioned it a couple times, um, is, is Acts 5 with the story of Ananias and Sapphira. These dead people, um, they they had a property, and, and it became a trend in the early church that everybody just sold all they had and gave it to the corporate body. And so they were experiencing socialism before socialism was cool. And so they, they pour all in, and they're like, okay, so, so this, is, this is what we're going to do. And Ananias and Sapphira feigned to pour all in. They, they were like, okay, so we're going to sell our house. We're just going to pocket 100000 and say that this is all we got for our house. And God did not accept that with integrity. So we know that giving in any form, whether it's legalized, mandatory, or random off the cuff to God's mission, isn't a good biblical starting point. The starting point we have to determine as a church is a heartfelt Jesus is Lord over our finances. Because Jesus is indeed Lord. So Jesus has the authority to tell the church what gifts we're to bring. If we're going to be people of the Bible, we have to start with that to be able to confront cultural assumptions that might bleed in. Um, Okay, so questions. Let me just address a couple of them. How do we do more grants? Well, that's coming in just a few minutes. You just hold on in this message. Someone else asked, uh, what if you're broke, broke, and your time is your finances, time is money? What if you're broke? Like, you don't have money. Well, if you don't have money, you literally don't have anything to give. Now, thankfully, the church isn't broke. So, here's an interesting reality. If you find yourself in need, and you attend this church, if you find yourself in a place where you're just like, oh man, I can't pay my bills, and you attend this church, Our values say we need to be there for you. And so, if you're broke, the answer is not that you have to give. The answer is that the church needs to help you. And so we have a rapid response team. If you can't hit your bills, if you can't put food on the table for your family, then you need to contact us through Slack privately and say, I need help. And we're there for you. We're there for you. We will respond because in, in Corinthians, it says, it, says you know, it talks about the, the, the Eucharist, the eating and drinking. And, and it's like some of you eat while others of you go hungry. This isn't right. The Bible in Acts 5 talks about how everybody has something to need. And we're going to get into storehouse in just a minute. So... We give personally, and when we're in need, the church is, we must give back. We must 
help people through their times of hardship. So, um, that is, and, and times of hardship are temporary. So, there are three Bible verses that we're going to outline our philosophy of giving at Promised Church. I believe that when others who have employed these things uh, well, they've always been financially successful, and I know churches that have employed this well are financially successful. The first one, it has an imagery attached to it, and, uh, and it's, uh, it is Promised Church is financially accessible. It's okay, you can just go through that door. It's just fine. Welcome, guys. They're having fun downstairs, so you're going to enjoy it. Um, so, so, Promised Church is financially responsible. The image I want to give here is investing. Um, so, the slide is Luke 14, 27 to 29. The, the, the scripture verse is, sorry. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count your cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he's laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him. So there's a financial principle there. We as a church and as people want to be wise so that we're able to build a tower and actually complete it. Together, we want to be able to do something that matters. We want to be able to have an image, so we have to invest in that. And say our budget sheet needs to invest in building this tower, in making this vision happen, so that we know that we can do it well. Think about this in your own life. You don't go ahead and say, oh, we're just going to go do this and go do this and go do this, and, and not consider the financial implications of it. You need to be wise financially. So Promise Church is financially responsible. Again, I'm still looking for questions on Slack. It's all good. I'm an entrepreneur. I love to make things happen. I love to start things that have never been. Somebody told me uh, that they have, that they have a, a dream and it, and it casts out into the future. And as an entrepreneur, I go, oh, well, I can work backwards and go, this is what it looks like, this is what it looks like, and this is your first step that you need to do. I love that stuff. And at Promise Church, we want to be able to connect people to where they want to go, what they want to see happen in the world, the foreshadowing of God's promises fulfilled and we want to show people how we can show others this is what it's going to look like this is how it looks and so i had to learn that you can't just do that without planning we have to plan so when promise church is making decisions we're always trying to make the most responsible decision possible we know we have many wants but we need to assess our impulses and see that if that's the best way forward and understand where we're going to get the resources to do it from. So as an organization, we're financially responsible. I would encourage you as an individual to be financially responsible. Promise Church has a board of directors. We met them last week um, that helps us, the staff, and all of us evaluate decisions based on our mission and our values that we deem is important. That's why membership is important. Because we say, we together as members deem this as valuable, this is what we're going to do. So our goal is, a, is our budget reflects what we actually care about. We're a community united to show God with us. Here he is, we've been experiencing in this entire service, making everything right. All right, so again, questions. Um, there's a comment here. Uh, from Pastor Devin. Andy Stanley once said very well, we like to give as a response to a need rather than give in an anticipation of a need. 
through, though both are important, our default is to be responsive. Wow. So really, really good statement there, Devin, um, that, that we have to invest. We have to think about it. So Promise Church tithes and tithes again. This is our organizational structure. This is what we do. The word tithe literally means a tenth. So that means one-tenth of our income goes to a designated place, and another tenth of our income goes to a designated place. So we're going to get to that. The first one is the designated place of the storehouse. Malachi 3.10, I recognize that this is contextualized. I recognize that Malachi is being a prophet in Israel, speaking to a very specific need. But I also recognize that everything in Scripture can go through a, a, um, a ladder of application, where you go, okay, here's the principle in it, and here's how it applies today. So Malachi 3.10 says, Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Look at the reason. That there may be food in my house. This is savings. Think about that. This is savings. So first we go to investment. Now we go into savings. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open up the window of heaven for you and pour down a blessing upon you until there's no more need. The purpose is to cover the need. You invest and you save because you're responsible. Promise Church invests and saves because we're responsible. We're going to bring it together so that, as we talked about already, if you're broke, we have something to give. You bring it to the storehouse so that when we have need, we can genuinely pull on that and say, man, I have need. Not because of financial irresponsibility, but maybe because of inflation. Anybody heard of inflation recently? Anybody felt inflation recently? Because I've felt inflation, right? So we have a storehouse so that we can get through droughts or heavy inflationary periods. Not all of us are affected through this. So, so we... We, you know, people sometimes argue tithing isn't a New Testament thing, and in fact, it's not taught in the New Testament, although Jesus does acknowledge that it's still practiced when he was there, but not to the extent that God wanted it to be. So watch this. Matthew 23, 23 says, You tithe mint and dill and cumin, yet you neglected weightier matters of the law, like justice and mercy and faithfulness. You should have done justice, mercy, and faithfulness without neglecting the others. Or you should have tithed, without neglecting justice, mercy, and faithfulness. So Jesus' Lord set us free from the old law, so now we have to figure out, okay, we're set free from the law. There's no legalism here. There's no like, you have to give 10% of your income. Because I can't find that in the New Testament. But there is a new foundation in which we build. Jesus is Lord, which means he's Lord over my finances. Okay, so then it's now our responsibility to say, Jesus, how would you have us do it? As an organization, how would you have us do it? So we tithe and tithe again. We put into the storehouse. Jesus is Lord set us free. We have to find out what Jesus Lord says. Problem is, Jesus Lord says, not Matthew 19, 21. He said, if you go be perfect, sell all that you possess, give it to the poor. You'll have treasures in heaven and then come follow me. Can I just tithe? But that, that's the challenge, right? The real challenge is the lordship of Jesus actually says, okay, God, whatever I have is yours. How do you want to use it? 
That's the challenge. So Jesus demands everything from Promise Church, so we're not holding anything back. As a church, we don't, we don't want to hold anything back. So we give a tithe to the storehouse. So when Promise Church, what, what that means for us is 10% of what we have, 10% of our income, goes towards our overseeing organization, the Western District of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. Well, why would we do that? So that in time of need... There will be supply. So get this. If this church runs into a financial situation where we can't meet the bills, Western District of the, of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada says, we have an assisted church program. How do they have an assisted church program? Because churches that are healthy tithe. So that churches that are going through hard times are able to tap into an assisted church program for a period of time so that they can get healthy again. So we give to the storehouse so that the needs are met. It's extremely practical. So in our experience here, we give to the storehouse when, when, when we are in a place that's like, okay, I could do that. That is invest in the storehouse so that when the waves of inflation come and I have genuine needs, I can go back to the church community and I can say, okay, I need, I need help. And we're there. We're there. And that's part of the structure that comes from the Bible. Jesus is Lord. Okay, questions? Anybody? Man, I am a brilliant communicator. <laughs> Everybody understands, apparently. Um, I, I can hear David Ramsey's voice in my head. Well, the guy's got some good points. If you've never listened to David Ramsey, he's a great financial teacher if, you, if you're just at the place where you're like, I need to understand how to get a hold on this. Okay, so we tithe and we tithe again. Um, what if you are afraid to ask for help or you're too embarrassed? Awesome. I totally get that. Don't ask me. Um, you don't have to bring it to me. I don't even need to know about it. So we can, you can contact uh, Pastor Danielle, and you can do this on Slack, private message. Pastor Danielle, Amy, um, Crystal or Chris Poulin? So Crystal Reyes, Chris, uh, Amy Pataki, or Chris Poulin. You can find them in general, and you could just be like, hey, I have a need. I have a need. The only way that we can actually address a need is if it's communicated. So we try to do it as discreetly as possible. And, and then they have a budget. They have a budget in which per year they're able to say, this is how much we can, we can help you out with. And honestly, I want to continue to grow that budget. Okay, the third one, and I'm really excited about this. So it's the cup of cold water principle. This is where our second tithe goes to, the cup of cold water principle. Matthew 10, 42 says, Whoever gives one of these little ones a cup of cold water because he's a disciple, truly I say to you, by no means he will lose his reward. So because he's a disciple, he's under the banner of the church. As an organization, we are a church. Promise Church has a unique and original mechanism for giving cups of cold water in Jesus' name. And we call that our promise grants. Um, and, and so we have the, the rapid response team as well that's there to help our current needs. That's the storehouse. And then we've got promise grants. This is where we are showing the world what it looks like when things are made right. We're participating in it and we invest in that. All right. So here we go. 10% um, of our budget is to promise grants. And so here, here's, here's what happened. We had we had a 
problem with our grants. They were clunky and they were hard to access. They, they, they were centered around us and what we want to do for somebody else and didn't actually, as, as Devin said, they weren't actually user-friendly. I actually think that partially came from Michaela's wisdom as well. They weren't user-friendly. And so what we did when we restructured the grant program, we actually did it on our website. And I'm excited to show you this. Add to home? No, I don't want to add to home. Whatever. I just want to do this. So on our website, we are uh, empowering you to push out the fulfillment of God's promises. And you scroll down and you see, I'm here for the church. And then you see Bennett. And if you click on Bennett, um, then, then you see, I'm here for the grants. And the grants explain exactly what they are. So we're a community united to show that God's with us, making all things right. What are the grants? Look at that. You can read that. Um, and, and then we have these previous, uh, these previous grants that we've done before, testimonies of the type of things that, that we've done. Hey, there's Bennett's name again. Look at that. Um, because Bennett has been highly involved in grants and, and loves it because he gets it. What we're doing with grants is we're saying we want to help you as a non-Christian. You're a non-Christian now, and we want to help you see what God making all things right looks like. So you have things in the world that you want to see made right, and we want to come alongside your vision, your value, your desires. So what you do is you go like this. You go to the grant piece, and it's got an easy three-step process. One, you identify a need. So as a, as a non-Christian, you can see a need. Hey, my kids at school need something to happen. They need, the, the, the parent council needs this. The, you know, um, my neighborhood is, is experiencing a lot of trash around. We need this. My, my organization that I, that I really like and support needs this. Awesome, you identify a need. The next thing, you click right here and you go to fill out an application. And then allow us to partner with you. So when you fill out an application, this is where we direct our non-Christian friends who actually, who are like, hey, I'm really involved in this. And we go, we want to get involved with you. Can we get involved with you? We have a grant program for that. What? Yeah, we want to, we want to come alongside and help you. How can we help you? And then we direct them to this. We get their name, their phone number, their address, whatever. Um, and then we say, because we need to contact them, of course, otherwise this doesn't work. And then we say, what's the need? And we briefly describe the need. So what, what best describes the need? And this is cool, because on this one, we say, we say um, here's, here's a basic description of the need. I'm just going to click down here. You guys can't read it, so I'll read it for you. Um, I know somebody who has a personal need. I'm advocating for somebody else, right? I want to meet a need that I see in my community. There's something wrong in my community that I want to help fix. I work for an organization that has a need. Okay, that's cool. Or... I know an organization that has a need, and we should partner with them. And so they click on, okay, so I know an organization that has a need. Awesome. We want to help big brothers and sisters. Cool. So briefly describe the need. Well, big brothers and sisters is hosting an event in Bradford, and they need space, and they need some, they need some food. Basically describe the need. Great. So what's the estimated cost? It's between zero and $2,500. And they apply for, well, we need $1,500. 
awesome. How urgent is it? Well, the thing's happening in two weeks. That's pretty urgent. All right, the thing's happening in three months. Okay, not so urgent, right? They send us this basic information, and Pastor Danielle gets it and contacts them and says, hey, I have some other follow-up questions for you, and we determine if this is something that we can partner with. We have a grant team that actually vets the applications and says, can we partner with and to what degree can we partner with? Now, here's where the church gets involved. This is up to 10% of our income can go into this. Here's where the people get involved. We then come to the community on Slack and on per in person on a Sunday morning and say, we've had a grant application that we want to get behind. We're looking for two or three volunteers to help us. As a church that has integrity under Jesus, Lord, I certainly hope that we would get two or three people every time that there's a request, two or three different people every time there's a request that we would find, okay, I got this one. I'm helping with this one. And then when we show up, we're building relationship, we're meeting needs, we're right there in the community doing the light, of the, the light on a hill kind of stuff, people. We're not a church stuck in our four walls for our own benefit. We're investing in this. We're investing in this because this matters. This is where the church has gone silent for so long, preaching condemnation to the world, saying that the world isn't all good enough, saying that somehow because we attend church, we are good enough. And we've disconnected the message from the mission. And God's saying, bring those together, people. Be part of the mission. Speak the message Let's do these things together. You shouldn't have forsaken one for the sake of the other. You should do them together. And so I'm calling us as a community to engage and say, this is what we do. This is what we're investing in because we care about this. There's a final note that I want to make about this. After, actually, I have two notes. After four years of promise grants, we have given and raised over $40,000 into this community. Right? It, like, this is awesome because, because we've been able to do what we preach. Like, this is why this church fundamentally, this is why this church is different. This is why I get excited about coming to church. And this is what we need to continue to personally invest in. We can't do this without individuals saying, I'm investing my time and I'm investing my resources. Okay? The last thing I want to mention is, is we have a desire to set up our budget in this way. Our budget becomes operations. There's operations and salaries, and trust me, the salaries are not big. Um... I'm just, I'm just going to be blunt with that. Uh, actually, I, how transparent should I be? I don't make a heck of a lot of money. Um, that's how transparent I'm going to be. Um, and, and, and so we have operations and, and budget. Once that gets met, so we give off the top, 10% to tithes, 10% to the storehouse. Then we have 80% that's like operations and budget. That's just pays for the rent, pays for the lights, pays for whatever. Once that's met in a year, we've decided and we want to do, this is a target for us, that every dollar afterwards goes towards this form of, these forms of outreach. 
where it's like we can start to be like, okay, hey guys, we've hit budget. doesn't mean we're spending more on ourselves. It means we're spending more on the community. And I just really believe that we as a church can do this in really, really big ways. <laughs> you can look up salaries because on CRA because Promise Church is a charity. You're right. You can. <laughs> so somebody asked, can you split tithes between grants and general? You can, but it's helpful to give to general because we're splitting it. We're saying 10% immediately goes to grants and then we've got our general that, that hits that and then when it's over, when that part is over, then we go into um, then we go into, now we're, now we're just, any excess is going towards grants and stuff. Um, but technically, you can. People do. It's on the giving thing. It's a drop-down. It's general or grants mission. Um, you can, and people do. Do grants have to be local to Bradford? No, grants don't, grants don't have to be local to Bradford. Grants in some way need to be connected in our community. So there are people that live in Newmarket. There are people that live in Keswick. There are people that live uh, in Mount Albert or wherever. We could do grants around there, but they have to be connected in our community. We need to have some sort of relational connection um, that, that's, uh, that is there. Is it only outside non-Christians that could apply for grants, or can a church community apply? Um, great question. Our church community can apply. If you have an organization that you are involved in and you want to see the church come involved in, absolutely. Here's, here's a way that, that I want you to think about it. If you have $100 that you want to give towards a good cause— Say, let's, I already use Boys and Girls Club, or, uh, or uh, Big Brother, Big Sister. So you like Big Brother, Big Sister, you, for some reason you have a connection, you want to give to that. You could take, you have an option, you can take your $100 and give it to Big Brothers and Big Sisters. Or, you can give your $100, give it to Promise Church, and then fill out a grant application and say, I would like $500 to go to Big Brothers and Big Sisters. You just took your $100, you made it $500, put it under the banner of the, of the organization of the church, and if that gets approved, that did way more than your $100 could have done. In fact, it's five times more. When we give, we need to reflect what we value in our budget sheet. And you need to as well as people. Reflect what you value in your budget sheet. Again, I'm just going to reiterate, if you find yourself on welfare, if you find yourself in, in deep need, real need, I'm not talking about like, oh, I overspent and I bought a Mercedes and now I can't afford my phone bill. Why'd you do that? <laughs> right? But Mercedes aren't bad. I almost bought a Mercedes a couple weeks ago. I mean, a couple months ago. Um, after I randomly sold my Civic and my, my wife got mad at me. Whole other story. So... When we give, uh, we, need to, we need to recognize that Jesus is Lord, and we need to give in accordance with that, because that is our guiding value in our life. So let me pray. Um, uh, to, 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 to actually, can grants be used internationally if they have a connection to the church? I know what you're asking. That's a conversation. Um, I don't know how far we can do that, but in heart, Yes. I think it just depends on what the committee says, and if they say that's one that we would approve. Um, so let me, uh, let me pray. God, I pray that as a church that we would have integrity, that we would have a message, and that we would have a mission, that we would give into the storehouse and give into the mission. God, I pray that we would, that we would be faithful.
And God, as we step into our membership meeting, I pray that you would be with those who are interested in becoming members. Jesus, I pray that we would understand the depth of the theology that drives our actions. And God, I pray that for those of us who are in financial difficult times, maybe those of us who, who are on welfare or ODSP or, or Trillium Benefits or uh, CPP and we just don't have additional resources and we actually have needs that we can't meet, God, I pray that this church would rally around, that we would support. God, I pray for those of us that do have resources, even though they might be little, I pray that we would, that we would invest in what's valuable and that Promise Church would continue to have integrity, continuing to invest only in what's valuable in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.